Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. I'm so happy today. Woo-hoo-hoo. You know, I'm always so happy when the Lord talks to me. Man, say t- tell me it, tell me anything, right? You know, tell me anything, right? <laughs> as long as as long as the Lord is talking to me. Sometimes he says some scary things, but you know what? I still be happy though. Right? Why? Cuz the Lord is talking to me. You understand how significant that is when the Lord talks to you? We're going to get into it in a hot second. But do you understand how significant it is that the Lord says anything to you? Right. The Lord is God almighty, a being so powerful. He literally creates reality by the words he speaks. He is that powerful. All power. can. He has all power. Do you understand this? Right. <laughs> he, he has all power. There literally is no thing in all creation. When the Lord explained that to me a few weeks ago, you know, when I had that interaction with him and I just it really changed my life forever, honestly. But. Uh, one of the things that he communicated, you know, the Lord can communicate so many things to you in an instant. In an instant, you just know all of these things. It's like, oh, wow, 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 right? But one thing I understood is that, you know, when the Bible says, who is like unto the Lord? No one, right? In other words, there is no thing, there's nothing in all creation like the Lord. There literally is no thing like the Lord. The Lord is not a created being. There is no thing. There literally is nothing. You can't compare the Lord to anything in all of creation. Why? Because the Lord made all of creation. There is nothing in all of creation, not on this plane of existence, right? Not in the realm of the spirit. There is no thing like the Lord. Man, I I read that scripture for years, but I didn't really get it. You may say in your mind, duh, of course. But see, it's one. No, no, no. Don't try and clown it, brother. Right. (laughs) It's one thing to read it on paper and understand in your head. It's another thing when the Lord quickens it inside your spirit. And then you see you have knowledge right now, but you don't really understand that. Honestly, unless the Lord quicken it to you, you don't really understand it. You think you do, but you just don't. You have head knowledge on the matter. So according to your head knowledge, you get this. Ask the Lord to quicken it to you. Right. Just ask him, Lord, quicken this, quicken this to me that I understand. Give me understanding that there is no thing. That's what nothing is. Right. We just say it fast. Nothing. It's no thing. There is literally no thing. There is no being. There is no entity. There is no power. There is no thing. There's nothing like the Lord. Nothing. Just absolutely nothing. Okay. So (laughs) I got to give him the glory. Right. So when the Lord talks to you, you need to listen and you need to be grateful that he is saying anything to you, the God of all creation. You're a created being, right? But you have value because the Lord gives you value. You have value. You might say, I got value because I gave me value. No, you have value because the Lord created you and he gave you value. On In the scale of things, universally speaking, like I said, when he allowed me to see himself, 
I realized how tiny I was compared to him. You think how big the you think how big the universe is. Look, I read this thing about our sun. Our sun, as far as suns go, is not a very large sun. It's really not. <clears throat> but do you know? Do you know that you could take one? Think how big the earth is. You think the earth is big. You can actually take one million with an M, one million planet Earths. And that's how many it would take to fill up our sun. That's how big our sun is. And do you understand our sun actually is not a very big sun? It's not. But it would take one million. Can you even grasp that? One million planet Earths to fill up the sun. And when the sun has a solar flare, if you take the circumference of the entire Earth and double that, right? These solar flares that, that shoot out of the sun, they're, they're, they're farther than that. That's, it's huge. And you know what? This is just one tiny solar system. And when you think about the universe vast, right? And the fact that scientists say it's still growing, it's still expanding. There's so many galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies, planets, planets, suns, moons. They, they, they can't even count them all. Listen, the Lord is bigger than that, right? That's what I understood. <laughs> That's what I understood when he, when he showed me what he showed me. I was like, oh my goodness, he's, you're like, you're, you're big like the universe, but you're not the universe, right? I just want to be clear because some people say, oh, the universe gave it to me. If you're one of those people, please stop. The universe is a created thing. It's not a sentient being. The universe can't give you anything. There is someone that created all of creation. He's a creator. He's the creator. His name is the Lord. Amen. There's only one God, and that's Jesus. That's the only God. Everything else is posing as a God, and they know they're not gods. But people, you know, you only been around how many decades? What do people know? But anyway, think about this. The God that made just 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 take our son. If your mind fails to grasp the vastness of the universe, which it well should, because you're a created being. God did not make your brain to be able to, you know, what I'm saying uh, really, truly grasp and conceptualize the vastness of, 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 of the universe or infinity, or eternity. A human cannot. I don't care how smart they claim to be. They cannot because they weren't created. You can't do it. But even just think about how big the earth is. And you might have thought, oh man, I've only been to my country. Maybe I've been to like a few countries. I've met a few people that's like, yeah, I lived in like 40 countries. Okay, but most of us don't. This is just one planet. A million planet earths? One million? Fits on our sun, which is not even, it's not a giant. Our sun, you don't understand. There, there are red giants, yellow giants, there, white giants. There are different size suns. Our sun is not that big. But even still, it would take one million planet Earths. The Lord made that. He made that. Right? And then, like I said, on top of that, if you add all of the universe, how large and how vast the universe is. You have to understand the creator is always greater than the creation, right? The creator is always greater. 
than the creation. Why? Because the creator knew how to build that thing. He designed it. He he had the power to to make it. And he did so. So when this God, the Lord, talks to you, you have to understand how truly significant it is. Honor him. Listen to what he says. Journal it down. Rejoice and celebrate his goodness that he would talk to you, a flawed being who sins every day. And he is a holy God. Yet he made a way for you to come into his presence. God is so holy. The Bible says you can't even look at God. Any any living being. Right. No man can look at God. That's what he told Moses. You can't look on my face. Otherwise, you would die. He is that holy. We don't even understand that level of holiness. So holy, we just die. You just die. Yet he made a way for you to stand in his presence through his son, Jesus Christ. The things that you are. And I'm understanding this more and more every single day. The things that I used to thank God for. As I start thanking God for those things, and there's nothing wrong with thanking him for those things. You know, God, thank you for my house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my health. You know, th these are things that you should be thankful for. But what I'm finding out is as I start saying those things, I'm getting a whole new understanding. I'm thanking him for a lot of different things I never really thanked him for before. Right. Like your ways or your mercy or, or the love of the Lord. It's like, you know what? You start thanking him for these things that are true attributes of his divine and eternal nature. And see, when you thank God for those things, what I'm learning also is that as you thank the Lord for those things, he will give you gifts. He will open up your understanding about those things. But if you're just thanking him for worldly things, if you're just thanking him, you know, hey, you pay. And again, nothing wrong with thanking him for those things. But it's when you worship God, we it's about glorifying him. Right. It's not just about telling him, thank you for all of the stuff you gave me. Right. We want to celebrate the Lord because he's that good this morning. And this is what, what this is what prompted this this podcast. And I'm going to go ahead and give the title. Identity trap too. So a couple podcasts ago, I gave the identity trap, right? This is this is the follow-up to this. So I'm gonna pray right quick. No, 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 I'm not gonna pray yet. I'm gonna tell you what started this. So as I was worshiping the Lord, I started saying thank thanking him for the normal things, right? But then what came up, um, Lord, help me with this, please. But then what came up, thank you. His his thoughts, his precious thoughts towards me, right? The Bible talks about the Lord's precious thoughts. I believe it was David, right? Homie, just pull this up right quick. King David, right? How precious are your thoughts? Psalm 139, 17. Let me make sure I'm reading it, reading the King James. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. So that popped the bat, bloop, it just came up. Hmm. How precious are your thoughts? Lord, thank you for your precious thoughts, your precious thoughts towards me. I, I began to thank him for his precious thoughts toward me. And then it started opening up more and more and more. What does God think about me? 
where you can read through the Bible and see what the Lord told different people in the past, right? He looks at you like he looks at them, right? Right? Greatly beloved. He told Daniel, Dan, you are greatly beloved. That, that, that's what the Lord thinks about you. If you're his child, if you don't know Jesus Christ, then that is not what he thinks about you. The Bible says that the Lord is angry with the wicked every day. So that's really what the Lord thinks about you. If you don't know him, I'm sorry to tell you that, but actually I'm not. It's the truth. You need to know where you stand with the Lord. That's what he said. I didn't make it up. He said that, right? And if you're not walking in righteousness, then there's no middle ground. There's righteousness or there's wickedness. So if you don't know the Lord, then he's angry with you every day. Now, that may challenge your 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 preconceived notions about God and who he is. But it's better off that you don't have some made up version of God in your head as opposed to really who God is. Right. And the Bible says it's better to make peace with the king while he's far off. It's better that you understand who God really is, not who they portray him to be in these movies, not who these pastors that want to get money and whatnot have portrayed him to be some nice Barney uh, Mickey Mouse Jesus. That's not the Lord. Right. The Lord is holy. He is holy. And because he has a great love for humans, he did make a way for his son, you know, to die for you and me. But don't get it twisted. He's not happy with you if you don't know him. Now, if you do know him. Right. He has precious thoughts towards you. You are greatly beloved. Right. Dearly beloved. Right. You are blessed and highly favored. We sing these things, but we don't really think about them. Right. God's thoughts are precious. And the scripture says, right, as high. Let me pull this up. So I'm making sure I'm saying it right. I just want to make sure I'm giving you I'm saying it right. I know I'm going to say it right. But I want to make sure I also give you the verse. Right. Because I don't recall exactly what a verse is. Right. Give me a sec. Here we go. <laughs> it's actually in two places. So in Psalm 103:11, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. Right? And then in Isaiah 55:9, for as high as the heavens are above the earth. So let me pull this up. That's a different version. Where is the King James man? For as for as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Do you understand how powerful this is? Listen, as I was praying to the Lord and he was telling me these things, I just had to be honest. I'm like, Lord, quite honestly, you know what? You're giving me adjectives. And if you don't know, an adjective is a word that describes a word. It's a describer, right? So if you taste something, instead of saying it's good, if it was really good, you say it was really good. It's very good, right? These are adjectives, right? So instead of just saying that I'm, I'm beloved, he said, I'm greatly beloved. Instead of saying I'm favored, I'm highly favored. See those, those descriptors. Lord, I wouldn't say that about myself on my best day. And I know you love me, but I wouldn't use those words. So what about on your worst day? And this is what I want to tell you. Right. And there's still the whole message here. Right. But this is what's coming up first. You need to get this. And I, I don't already prayed before this, but I'm going to pray now with y'all. Right. I always pray before. I come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you with my brothers and sisters all around the world. 
And, and for the women that are older, you tell me to look at them like mothers. So my mothers in Christ all around the world. For the older men, for the fathers in Christ all around the world, God. This family, this body that you have chosen, God. I stand before you now united in the blood of your slain son, Jesus, who rose after three days with all power in his hand. The same son, God, that you transferred authority over to judge. You said you're not going to judge. The son will judge. You've given the kingdom to your son. Hallelujah. It is your will, God. Now, Father, I just pray that. God, I pray against any preconceived notions about you that are false, God. And I pray against beliefs about ourselves, God, that are false, God, even if they are facts, because some things are facts, but they're not the truth, God. They may be a fact, but it's not the truth, God. What you say is the truth and the truth overrides the facts. Sometimes facts are the truth. Sometimes facts are not the truth. Spiritually speaking, not the truth, but they are facts. So, Father, I just pray. Oh, I pray against all of this in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for your anointing, a powerful anointing, God, upon this word, God. Not it's not about persuasive words, but about the power of your spirit, the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would convict us of our sins. And, and Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, your son, that this word, God, that you would take this word and you would write it upon our hearts, God, and that it would go deep, God, and that it would produce some 30, 60 and even 100 fold. God, I ask these things in the name of Jesus. And thank you so much, Daddy, for the way that you see us, the way you see us. Right. Our parents, those of us that have been blessed with loving parents, because some parents are not loving, but even for those of us that you have blessed with loving parents, God, even they can't see us. They don't see us like you see us, God. They don't. They just don't. Even on their best day, God, <laughs> even at our greatest achievements, they still can't see us like you see us, God. God, help us to get this, Father. I ask these things in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. Okay, so there we go. There we go. Whoa, I, did, I didn't expect to go there. Okay, but listen, listen, this is important. And I actually, I had to go there. Now I understand. I had to go there because this is the backdrop for this message. See, there's what God thinks about you. And there's what you think about you, right? And what the devil does, and when I say devil, I don't just mean Satan. I mean anybody that works for, for the devil. So it could be Satan. It could be one of his fallen angels. It literally could be a demon. Any of those, right? Right? Am devil, one size fits all, okay? So that's what I mean, right? So what the devil's job is, when he is confronted with a believer, his job is to get you to keep thinking what you've been thinking about yourself. In a nutshell, that's what it is. A devil's job is to never allow you to get wind of the fact and the truth of what the Lord actually thinks about you. And the reason is, is because as a man thinketh, so is he. 
Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. See, if you believe that you're still a slave to sin, if you believe that you're bound up, if you believe that you are the, the summation of all your past failures or mistakes or mishaps or whatever, then you won't walk in the freedom that Christ purchased for you on the cross. Why? Because you don't understand it's your birthright. You don't understand it's, it's just waiting. You can walk in it right now. You don't understand that. And so because you don't have a right identity, thus the title identity trap Two, it's a trap because you still identify with something that is dead. You're not identifying with the new man. You're identifying with the old, the thing that literally died it died on the cross with Jesus in a supernatural fashion. It died on the cross. Now, we're going to read a script. We're going to read a bunch of scriptures here. OK. Amen. First of all, the scripture tells us in Colossians 1:13, it says, who hath delivered us talking about the father who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Do you see that? So what it's saying is, look, you were living under the kingdom of darkness before you came to Jesus. You actually were a slave to sin. You were a slave to sin. The, the demons have power over the flesh. You were a slave. You were in that kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. And as a slave, you have no power. Someone that is not in Christ has absolutely no power over a demonic spirit. Humans are at the strongest. They're, they're nothing compared to a, a, a spirit. Even if they're if, if, if a human at his strongest, a, a demon can still oppress him. He can't possess him. Right. Unless he does. He keeps doing certain sins that are opening up the doors to more and more demonic oppression and infestation. Then he can get he or she can get possessed. But even with demonic oppression, those spirits are influencing a human, an unsafe human, to basically do what they want them to do. Right. They're still a slave. They're a slave to sin. Humans don't have power enough on their own to make a demon stop tormenting them or get out their lives. Why? Because the only thing that can stop a demon from accosting you as a human is the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, right? And even as a Christian, if you don't understand that you've been to see demons don't care nothing about your deliverance. They don't. They, demons are thieves. Satan is a thief. His fallen angels are thieves. The demons are thieves. They're all criminals, right? They all tried to take over the kingdom of heaven, which was foolish. Of course, they lost. They got booted out. They're running around down here doing a bunch of crazy stuff, right? But they got people to believe they don't exist. Some people, they got to believe that they do exist, but that God is a liar and they gladly worship Satan. Either way, you're deceived. Okay? Either way, you're deceived. So, again, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the power to make a demon leave you. They're not scared of you. You're a human. <laughs> they, they've been around before humans even existed. You're nothing to them. To, to demons, to fallen angels, 
We're like animals to them. That's how they look at us. We're nothing to them. They hate us. We're nothing to them. Right? They use us and spit us out. They kill us at will. They, they, they're nothing. We're nothing to them. You have to understand this. Don't get it twisted. What you see in these movies and, and all, you ain't got no power. And the Bible even shows you that. You know, you have the seven sons of, 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 of Siva or Skiva, right? They going around trying to cast out devils. I cast you out, devil, in the name of Jesus, to whom Paul knows. It's what? The demon said, wait a minute. Jesus, I know, right? Paul, I know. But who are you? And all them demons jumped on them and beat them literally until their clothes were all off of them. And they ran out in the street naked, butt naked with no clothes on, right? Why? Because they ain't got no power to command no demon. The demon was like, they laughed at them. <laughs> Please. Now you're going to get it for try, even trying that with us, right? You're a human. You're, you're nothing, right? But if you're in Jesus, a whole different story. Why? Because you've been translated. You're no longer under the kingdom of darkness. You have now been entered into the kingdom of heaven. You are a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And you have to look at it. And this is why it's such a great example in the Bible. There was Rome. Rome was involved, right? Paul was actually a Roman citizen. And the Romans had standing law. So even the lowest ranked Roman was still what? A Roman. You're not allowed to throw a Roman in jail. <laughs> You're not allowed to do the things that they did to Paul. And that Paul, the Lord knew it and Paul knew it. Right. Paul was also a Jew, but he was also a Roman. Right. <laughs> so. The Romans didn't know that when they beat him and then threw him in prison. And then after that, he said, oh, by the way, I'm a Roman citizen. What? Yes, I'm a Roman citizen. I have a right to go see Caesar. See, that was God's plan along, all along. So Paul could go and witness to Caesar. And he did. He went to Nero, who was Caesar, right? He went all the way up the chain. And he got to preach to Nero before he was, you know, killed, right? But at any rate... My point is this, right? You need Jesus, okay? You're a new creature. You are a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. And though you may think of yourself so, I'm just so weak or so pathetic, things you would never say out your mouth. And some of you, unfortunately, you do say these things out your mouth, okay? But in either way, the, the low-minded the low thinking, right, is is there and it's, it's wounding you, it's crippling you because you don't understand your position in Christ. See, it's just like, like I said, just like the Roman citizen, right? Even the lowest Roman citizen was still what? You're a Roman. You're above everybody else. That's the way they looked at. That's the way it was looked at. If you're a Roman citizen, huh, you're above everybody else. I don't care what country they come. You're the lowest Roman Person is higher than the highest person in another country. Why? You ain't from Rome. We take over all these other countries. We assimilate them. You're nothing. Right. That's how it is in, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of heaven. Even the lowest person in the kingdom of heaven. Still, you outrank through Jesus. You outrank these other spirits. Right. It doesn't mean that they don't have authority. They do have authority. But you have to understand you've been born into a new kingdom and you are a part of the royal family. 
You're a child. You're a son and a daughter of the most high God. Jesus is your king. Jesus is your God. But also Jesus is your brother. You are royalty and you are of a royal priesthood. The Bible says we will reign with Christ for a thousand years when he comes and lives on earth. Right. You have to understand your position. But if you don't understand your position, you keep walking in the oldness. The scripture says in Galatians 2.20. Right. Nope. let me back up. Second Colossians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And what occurred and many of you that have listened to my podcast know that for decades I struggled with pornography. Right. I started looking at that when I was 13. I went to a closet to play hide and seek and there was a box of pornography books in there. My dad, who had been murdered, had these books from when he was in Vietnam. It's a common thing for a military to have, you know, pornography books because there's no women there. So that was like a common thing. But after he died, I guess my mom didn't have the heart to throw that stuff out. So she hid it in a closet somewhere. Right. But what you know, but demons don't care about that. Right. Because they're attached to that stuff because it was there. They had a right to be in that house and to influence whoever, however they wanted to. Right. So how it influenced me through my bloodline was perversion, right? Somewhere in my bloodline, there was perverted things that had been going on, right? And so the demons are like, oh, this one, oh, we're going to affect him with perversion. Look, right? And so like some people say, oh, they, you know, they, they take a drug and, you know, the first time they got high, they was hooked. They knew they was hooked. Whereas other people like me, you know, I, I tried smoking weed once or twice before in my life. Right. It didn't do anything. It was like, uh, I mean, it did make me high and I got scared. And I was like, I'm never touching that again in my life. That was that. It didn't affect me. But what affected me, what had power over my flesh, over my natural self was perversion. And the first time I looked at those magazines, I was like, oh, got you. Got you. Right. I didn't know that. But they knew that. See, and see where they have power. This is where they get you. Right. See, back then, what was I? I wasn't saved. I was under the power of darkness, under the power of perversion. So it's, it's almost like whatever sin or vice your flesh has, it's, it's almost like it's, it's chains on you and the whip that that Satan and his demons use to control you, to move you about this way and that way. That's what it does. Right. You can say, no, no, it's just a natural thing. It's not a natural thing, because if you look at it. So, for example, somebody could say, well, of course, it's natural to look at women, Mike, and look at their bodies. They're beautiful. Right. Yeah. But see, that's no, 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 no. You don't understand how how the sin works. Right. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So it's a controlling thing. Right. So it's running your life. So whatever that sin is. Some have more than one, whatever that sin is. So like for some people, it's alcohol, right? They take that one drink, <gasps> right? And it's it's controlling their lives. And you can tell it is, but why? Because they're making poor choices. They're making choices that are ruining their lives, which show that what? They're not in control anymore. At first they were, and then they weren't. Something else is controlling them, right? It's those spirits. 
right? But when you're translated into the kingdom of light, something else happens, right? The Bible says you're a new creature. You're a new creature. And what came, what the Lord helped me to understand this morning is, as I was getting understanding, was like, actually, when you got, I got baptized when I was 16. When you got baptized at 16, technically, you were free right then and there. You were free. Right? You were free. The demons knew that. But who, but guess who didn't know that? I didn't know that. So they don't care nothing about your deliverance. Oh, you went up and you said the prayer? Okay, got it. Oh, you don't have understanding that you really are a new creature? We're going to stay here. We're going to keep bringing past you the things that you used to lust after. Why? Because see, when you get born again, your spirit is new, right? Your spirit is new. So the old spirit of the flesh, which basically is dead, that was underneath control of what? Satan and sin. You were slave to sin. But when you get saved, the Bible says you're a slave to righteousness. He gave you a new spirit. That's really the real you, the spirit man, right? That's the real you. So the real you comes in. The Bible talks about how when spirits get cast out, you know, they go out. And then they find seven more and they're like, hey, let me go back to my place. You know, they you know, they go back and the state of the man is worse than it was the first time. Right. Because they got kicked out. There was a, a new spirit in there. Right. So you have to understand that when you get saved. And it really blew my mind when he explained that to me. I, when I got baptized, the scripture says, and this is we're going to read this right now. Romans six, verse one through eleven. See, when you get baptized spiritually speaking you die with christ on the cross that's what's happening that's what's happening in a supernatural fashion <clears throat> you might feel different you might not but it actually really happens so i'm going to read this for you romans 6 1 through 11 in the king james version what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound god forbid how sh how shall we that are dead to sin Live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death have no dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wait, there's more. <clears throat> Sorry, two, uh, three more scriptures. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, 
but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Wow. What, what is he saying? Listen, when you got baptized, spiritually speaking, which is the truth, you supernaturally died on the cross with Christ. Your old man that did all those sins that your soul, your mind remembers. So you get you get born again, your spirit, you get a new spirit. That's what the scripture is talking about. But your body is the same old body and your memories are the same old memories. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, you died on the cross with Christ, right? Now, because that old man is dead, a dead person can't sin. A dead person can't sin, right? Why? Because they're dead. So once you get this understanding that the thing, so for me with the women, right? Oh, and the lust. Oh, oh, he's bringing by these women. Oh, this and that and the other. Oh, I better. Oh, I better start repenting. It's like, wait a minute, dude, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> There's no sin. You didn't sin. You're acting out of your old memories from the old man. Michael, that's not even you anymore. For years and years and years and years and years, I would keep telling myself, Lord, please forgive me. You know, I'm a lustful man, God. I'm so sorry, Lord. Please help me. I'm a lustful man. I'm a lustful man. And then one day I remember him pointing out to me like, look, stop. Look over your life. When was the last time you did that particular sin? When was the last time you was out like lusting after women and doing this? I was like, um, like 20 something years ago. OK, then obviously you're not that man anymore. Stop saying that. <gasps> Oh, you're right. But even still, because I still felt the urge on the inside. Why? Because my mind still wasn't renewed yet. So then I'm still, uh, uh, oh, Lord, please, please. Deliver. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. It's like, stop it. Right now. I don't do that now. Why? Because I get it. I'm not that I'm not that person anymore. And you are not that old person anymore. Right. These spirits only have power over you in a sense. Why? Because you don't understand yet. And thus, by your lack of understanding, you are responding to their identity trap. Hmm. This is how they think. Hmm. Well, he or she is still acting exactly the same. They don't they don't understand yet that they're actually free. Very good. Keep bringing them by. We'll just keep stringing them along and getting them to fight things that they don't even have to fight anymore. This human doesn't understand yet. Good job. Good job. And they will hang out there even though you have given your life to Jesus. They don't have to leave yet. Because based on your understanding, that's going to either allow them to stay or not. The Bible says whatsoever things you bind on earth are bound in heaven. But what people teach in the church is wrong. They teach that you have the power to bind up a devil. I bind you, devil. You don't have power to bind a devil, right? <laughs> One of my good sisters used to always say, right? Listen, if you actually had the power to bind a devil, all the devils would be bound by now. 
Right. Think how many people in churches all over the world for how long been saying, I bind you, devil. I bind you, devil, in the name of them. Devils are not. Why are they still running around causing havoc? Because you don't have the power to bind a devil like that. The way it works is one. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. You understand that you're a new creature. And because you're a new creature, you don't allow your body to do certain things. So whatsoever things you bind on earth. So, for example, I allowed pornography and perversion in my life. I believed I was a lustful man. And thus, you know, when I was stressed or whatnot, what would I do? I would watch pornography. Thus, right, whatever I loosed on earth, I loosed out on earth through my actions. I watched pornography. And thus, what was loosed in the heavens to do whatever it wanted to do and jack my life up? All those spirits behind pornography, right? But when I got the truth on the inside and I said, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am a new creature. I really am a new creature. I don't have to do this stuff anymore. Then what happens? Oh, the stress is there. I'm not going to say the thoughts don't pop up from time to time. It's like, oh, man, you know, you could just look at porn. It's like, devil, get that junk out of my face. It's not even a temptation. Why? Because I know that's you. I don't do that. Have you ever had some you have you ever had a thought pop in your head and you know that's not you? Like for me, like thievery was never my thing. So if I'm in a store somewhere and a thought pops in my mind and it's like, it sure would be nice to steal that, you know, steal that bottle of cologne. What? Devil, the Lord, it just lets me know. It alerts me. It's like, oh, there's a spirit of thievery in this place. Why? Because I clearly know that was never my thing. I don't think like that. So what could it be? That can only mean there is a spirit of thievery in here. See, I don't identify with that thing. So it is immediately busted and arrested. Right. And I kick it out. Get out of this place in Jesus name. Out of here. Right. You ain't got no authority over me. Get up out of here and shut your mouth in Jesus name. Now, when you don't know who you are in Christ. Mm, look at that woman over there. Oh, she fine. Oh, look at her. She's so fine. <laughs> oh, Jesus, please. It's like, stop it. But see, once you <laughs> once I understand, it's like, you know what, dude, I'm not a lustful man. So the thoughts pop in my mind. It's like, oh, I see her. Yeah, she's attractive. I don't feed into it. It's just like, yes, she's attractive. I do have eyes. I see that. Oh, man, she's so fine. The Lord rebuke you, you foul, unclean spirit. Shut your mouth. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Why? Because I know that's not me now. I know that's something outside of me. Why? Because I don't identify with myself as a lustful man anymore. So the identity trap that Satan used to use on me, he can't use it anymore. Right? It's done. You can't you can't play me like that, dude. I, I I get it now. I'm somebody new. You just been getting over on me all these years. So I want to ask you, yo, what is the devil getting over on you and your life with? Because chances are, if you don't really understand this principle, not chances are, if you don't understand this and you are still identifying in certain areas with some old stuff from the old man that actually was crucified. When Think back to when you got baptized. Whenever you got baptized, that means you don't really get this yet. You don't have an understanding of it yet. And that means these devils are getting over on you. As long as you believe you are that person and susceptible to that particular sin or group of sins, they just gonna stay there. 
And you're not going to really put them out and really mean to put them out. Why? Because you don't really mean it yourself. You don't believe it. But once you believe it, it's a whole different story. Okay, it's a whole different story. So remember this, right? These demons have power over you that you give to them. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to read this and we're going to be wrapping up in a hot second. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, it's no another script. Another version says it's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. See, Satan had power. The demons had power. The lust of the flesh had power over you, over I. It is no longer I that live. It had power over the I, which was you, the old you, the old man that was crucified on the cross. It had power. Right. But it is no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. You're a new creature. Do you think that sin has power over Christ? Do you think that any lust has power over Christ? Do you think that any demon or any fallen angel has power over Christ? We know the answer is no. Why? Because Jesus is perfect and he never sinned. He never sinned. That's how we're here in the first place. Right? As believers in Christ, because Jesus lived a sin free life. Right. This is also why his spirit comes to live inside of you, because you can't walk it out in your flesh. It's not possible. I can't walk it out in my flesh. It's not possible. But through Christ, he put his spirit in you through the spirit of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. You can overcome the sin. You can say, devil, get out of here. And Jesus, get out of here. Right. Sin is sin is no longer your master. Right. Sin shall not have mastery over you. I'm just going to reread this last part here. Let not sin. And again, this is Romans six verses 12 through 14. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. There, you know what I'm saying? He's saying, listen, therefore. Right. <laughs> Because Jesus died on the cross, because you baptized, you were baptized, you died on the cross too. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your bodies, that you should obey the lust. Neither yield ye your members. In other words, and stop using your body to sin. Stop it. Stop sinning with your body, right? But rather yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, right? You died. Sin has no power over a dead person. When you're resurrected, you're resurrected with a glorious body. You put off the uh, corruptible for the incorruptible. Sin doesn't have power over you anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that you're going to live a sin-free life, but you're going to sin less. So you won't have a sinless life, but you will sin less, right? Because sin doesn't have power over you anymore. It just doesn't. Okay? It doesn't. And there it is. Verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. There it is. OK, so please. Uh, I really hope that you get this right and, and pray for understanding. Ask the Lord, Lord, please give me understanding on this. Right. 
because that's what it is. Until you really understand this, you're still going to be identifying with parts of the old man or with the old woman that technically isn't even alive. That person died. Died. If you got baptized, you know what I'm saying? I'm 51. I got baptized when I was 16. Holy Spirit's telling me today, right? Technically, that thing didn't have power over you when you got baptized at 16. What? You're telling me I lived all those years <laughs> struggling with that sin and I didn't have to? Why? Because I had a false identity. I didn't get it. I read it in the Bible, but I didn't believe it. And as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man believeth in his heart, so is he. I still thought I was a lustful man. So I kept lusting. I kept allowing it. Whatever I, whatever I loosed on earth, I loosed in heaven. But when you bind something on earth, it's bound in heaven. When I said no to pornography, when I said no to lust, when I said no to immorality, when I said no to perversion, guess what? In the heavens, they were bound. In other words, I arrest you. You're arrested. You can't do nothing in my life. You're bound. So what people think they can do with their words, I bind you, devil. You can't bind a devil like that. What you can do is renew your mind and then change your actions because your action on earth is what is going to give free access to evil spirits or it's going to deny evil spirits. Now, when I feel stressed out, what do I do? I don't play no porn. I get on my knees. I start worshiping the Lord. Lord, I love you. And you tell him, Lord, I'm struggling today. Lord, I feel so stressed out about this and that, Lord. But you know what? You're such a good guy. God, I know you got me. You always take care of me. And then you just start worship. I just start worshiping him. And, and, and what? These spirits, they can't get in. <laughs> They're bound. They can't get in this house. Why? I don't do that stuff anymore. I worship the Lord. So guess who comes in? The Lord comes in. <laughs> right? And we have amazing conversations and I learn all types of stuff. That's how you bind the devil. You change your mindset. You change your actions. When you change your actions, those spirits can't get in anymore. They have no power over you. OK, so that's it. I hope this helps you. And remember, OK, always remember, submit yourself unto God then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord until the next time. Aloha and be blessed.